Welcome to Sideline Sleuths, a true crime podcast all about the tragic yet fascinating cases no one can seem to get enough of. I'm Megan. And I'm Jasmine. We're so glad you're listening. If you like being an armchair detective, you'll love being a sideline sleuth. Today we're going to talk about the 2018 murder of a 19-year-old man named Austin Colson from Royalton, Vermont. Austin's girlfriend Katie, who he lived with, said she last saw him around 5 a.m. on the morning of January 11th as she was leaving for work. They messaged back and forth for a few hours, which was typical for them, but Austin stopped responding around 10.30 that morning, and by 11 a.m., her messages were no longer being delivered to his phone. At first, Katie thought nothing of it, assuming that he was just in an area with poor cell phone reception, but as the hours passed, Katie grew increasingly worried. Where was Austin Colson? What happened to him? So, here's what we know. Austin was a young entrepreneur, and he had his own painting business. In the summer months, he did quite well, but in the winter, and this was January, Uh. business slowed down and he had to start doing odd jobs in the area. Austin's parents referred to Katie and Austin as hard workers and said they were so proud of them and the choices they were making, or the choices that they knew them to be making. Oh, way to leave me in suspense. (laughs) The couple would do sugaring and make maple syrup, and I didn't know what sugaring was, but it's when you boil maple sap until it thickens into a syrup or crystallizes into sugar. Did you know this? Oh, I was thinking a different kind of sugar. <laughs> I'm very embarrassed. Um, I have no idea what you mean. But what? There's like a way to like, it's like a, a different form of waxing, but like oh, you just, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I do know what that means. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I see why. Like, okay, see that's why fun. That's kind of random. It's yeah. hygienic. Sounds yeah. really good. Yeah, but no, they were making maple syrup. Okay. So Austin also sometimes hauled off scrap metal using his dad, Dana's trailer. So Dana said his house was only about five miles or so from Austin and Katie's apartment, and Austin would just swing by sometimes and pick up the trailer and borrow it and bring it back, and it was totally normal and, like, easy, I guess. Okay. So on January 10th, 2018, Dana said that Austin asked him if he could borrow his trailer the next day. Whatever job he had taken that day, he was doing with a man named Rich Whitcomb. Austin said that they would use Rich's truck to pick up the trailer do the job for the day, and then return it to Dana's house before Dana was ever even home from work that evening. So that afternoon, Dana drives by his house, and Austin's car is parked outside, and the trailer is gone, which is just as he expected it would be. However, when he got home that night, the trailer wasn't back, and Austin's car was still there. Hmm. Though that was odd, he didn't really think anything of it because literally anything could have delayed them like they could have just been behind schedule or the truck could have broke down or a job could have taken longer than they thought so he wasn't worried though he did like notice that it still wasn't there yeah so around 4 a.m katie messages diana who's austin's mom and she lives in new hampshire and she told her that she hadn't heard from austin in almost 24 hours which isn't really true because 4 a.m. and 11 a.m., but whatever. So she hadn't seen him in like almost 24 hours, basically. And she had gone out all night looking for him, but there was still no sign of Austin. So then Katie goes to her own mother's house in tears because she's just so worried. 
So Deanna gets that message, and she hadn't heard from Austin either, so now she's worried. So she calls Dana, her ex-husband, to see if he knew anything because he lives closer. Yeah, of course. Like, what do you do from Connecticut but worry? Yeah, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. And I don't know, this is going to sound terrible, but, like, I know all those states, like, are up there, but, like, I I don't know off the top of my head, like, which one's which. I I guess I don't know one. True, if you quiz me with a map, I would not do well. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to be like, New England. Yeah, so. There it goes, uh, the Northeast. So, yeah. yeah, Patriots fans, that's all I got. So wait, so mom's in New Hampshire? Uh-huh, and they live and in they, Vermont. And they're in Vermont. What? Where did Connecticut come from? I have no idea. That's cool. It's late <laughs> in the day. All right. So yeah, we usually record early in the morning before we're exhausted from, from the children. Yeah. Okay. So Dana said, quote, I had been sleeping, so I walked through the house and went outside and saw Austin's car still out there with the trailer still gone. I was texting and calling him too, but his phone was off, end mm-hmm. quote. So Deanna then called the Vermont State Police to report her son missing. Actually, she called her people first, and then they were like, oh, we'll call him because yeah. he's missing somewhere else. Okay. So let's talk about Rich Whitcomb for a second. So Austin's 19. Rich is a 38-year-old man who was supposed to be hauling scrap metal with Austin that day, and the pair had reportedly planned to use his truck to haul it, right? So the following night, Katie and a few of her friends went over to Rich Whitcomb's house to see if he knew where Austin was because they all think he's like the last person who should have been with Austin, which honestly, I don't know how they waited that long. I would have been like the night before. I would have been like, hey, Austin didn't come home tonight. Where's Austin? I wouldn't have waited like the next day. Yeah, But they're just going to people that he would have been in contact with. It makes sense, but you're right. And I don't know how like unusual like how worried they were like if you're not super worried you might not want to like freak all these other people out so according to dana rich told katie and her friends that he hadn't even been with austin at all the day of january 11th and that he was actually about 100 miles away in manchester new hampshire according to diana austin's mom his story is that whenever he messaged austin like he comes into town that day he messages austin Austin didn't respond, so he just decided to go off and do his own thing and never actually talked to Austin or met up with him or anything. So that's what Rich is telling, like, family. So the police go to question Rich about Austin's disappearance. And he told them, like, he admitted that in the past he had hauled off metal with Austin on multiple other occasions, but denied even being in contact with him on the day that he went missing. He told police, too, that instead he went to Manchester, New Hampshire with his friend Mark to buy cocaine. Okay, wait. He's more direct with the police? Yeah. All right. I don't know. I don't understand your style, Rich. I don't like, <laughs> I don't know who just, like, like comes out, volunteers that information. I did not commit that murder because I was buying coke okay, over there. Like, my alibi is another I was committing, like, this other, other felony about bringing drugs over state lines. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, you know, he did tell Katie and her friends that he was in Manchester that day, but it does kind of contradict what he told Austin's mom about messaging him and Austin not replying because he told police he wasn't in contact with him at all. Like, oh, that he made, like, no attempts. I there didn't was, like, connect those two yeah. dots. Okay, yeah. So he tells Katie, I, was, I wasn't with him, I was in New Hampshire. He tells Deanna, yeah, I tried to get in touch with him when I came into Royalton, and he didn't run me back, so I just did my own thing. And then tells police he never contacted him, and he was in New Hampshire. So What's true? Yeah. According to police documents, cell phone data, and also a statement from Mark, the friend he said he went to buy cocaine with, his story is not lining up. Like, he is completely contradicting himself about not being in the area. 
So data retrieved from Rich's cell phone shows that on January 11th, he stayed in the upper valley throughout the day. And I don't know what the upper valley was, so I Googled it. And as far as I can tell, it's the area along the New Hampshire and Vermont border. It's like a bunch of really small towns, and they just named that area the Upper Valley. How close is that to Royalton? So he never went to Manchester, I guess, is what the data is showing. He just stayed in their general area. As far as Mark goes, he flat out denies that he ever went anywhere and said that Rich asked him to lie about where they were that day. Oh, sad. So Rich is like, hey, please tell police that you and I were in Manchester on January 11th. And Mark's like, nah. I didn't go anywhere with him that day, and he told me to tell you that I did. Wow. Okay, I like his style. Yeah. So also, why would he cop to getting cocaine? Yeah. Why would you the police? Yeah. Are you gonna put me in another illicit activity? I'm like, if I did nothing wrong, I'm not gonna co-sign your felony, your fake felony too. So, police say Mark's statement is that Rich was quote upset, on the verge of crying, and begging him to tell the police that he had either seen Whitcomb or was hanging out with Whitcomb in Manchester on January 11th. End quote. He was distressed. Yeah. A detective said in court that Rich had a multitude of different stories pertaining to Austin's disappearance and where he was and what he was doing on that day. Mm. When questioning Rich, investigators discovered that his cell phone had been wiped clean, but forensic analysis of the device showed that the day after Austin was last seen, Rich made some questionable Google searches. Ah, bruh, the Google search is always going to get you. Such as, how long does gunshot residue last? (gasps) And whether or not deleted text messages can be recovered after they are removed <gasps> from a phone. How? Listen, if you're gonna go through the trouble of Google wiping your else. phone, then why would you also would you immediately corrupt your phone? Yeah, <laughs> so true. You're not so, smart. Okay, Rich, I don't get your style. Yeah, you might have picked up that there might be a little something else going on in this story, other than a man who just vanishes after hauling scrap metal with a buddy. Thanks to Megan's expert foreshadowing. (laughs) Well, remember how I said that Austin was a young entrepreneur? Well, apparently part of that, at least for Austin, was selling drugs. Uh, Well, I was like, what? This cocaine, well, this admitted cocaine user is hanging out with him and can't get his story straight. So (laughs) whenever they were like, Austin was a young entrepreneur, I was like, was he selling drugs? He has a normal name. Yeah. And then he was. Sad day. Yeah, we should get something different. Like, you know, if you're going to do that, don't do entrepreneur. Get a little bit more creative. Yeah, I don't even know you what know. it would be, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, Unlicensed pharmacist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 If it was marijuana, you could be a florist, a botanist. I don't know, something. Botanist, yeah. alchemist. I don't really know something, about the alchemist. Yeah. <laughs> alchemist would be like if you were Breaking Bad, right? Like, yeah, if you were yeah, making yeah. meth, you could be stuff. an alchemist. So during the investigation into Austin's disappearance and subsequent death, Police determined that Austin was, in fact, involved in drug sales in the area and that he may have been involved in some disputes with other drug dealers over territories or customers. So I feel like the drug game is so, so, what's the word? Testy. Like yeah. if you just, oh, I, you know, yeah, like, sold this drug two blocks it's just from dangerous. where I usually yeah, do. Yeah, yeah like who People has this map? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. They also discovered that he was running a small marijuana growing operation inside of his apartment that he shared with Katie. Police say that they also found large quantities of money and believe that Rich may have owed Austin money, but that is a claim that Rich denies. Oh, of course he does. Yeah. By Rich's own admission, though, Austin sold cocaine and he was sort of like a middleman. 
He admitted to purchasing both heroin and cocaine from Austin and that he was paid by Austin for selling the drugs for him. Rich told investigators that he used a gun as collateral for the drugs. So Austin would front him the cocaine and then hold on to Rich's gun until Rich brought him back the money that he made from that cocaine. Austin's mom said, quote, in my gut, I do feel that it is a drug-related issue in the disappearance of my son. I just want his body found. I want him brought home so we can go on with the grieving process because I do strongly believe that he is not with us anymore, end quote. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if, like, before this they had any idea about the drug sales because they were all like, oh, he and Katie were, like, really Hard hustling. Working. Like, they were making maple syrup and painting and, like, I don't know. So yeah, It does seem like they got their hands yeah, in a lot of, you know. Scrap metal, all kinds of things. And then also... Yeah. And I mean, if they're doing all those things, you got to imagine that money's not that great. Or maybe yeah. it's starting to get great. They said there was large quantities of money in the... Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they just needed to do something to make it look oh, like they were doing yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. And like, I don't know that Katie was in any way involved in this other than he was growing weed in the apartment that he shared So she wasn't yeah. completely yeah. You know, in the dark. So she likely knew about that at least, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are a little bit more lenient when it comes to marijuana. Yeah. It comes out hard drugs, cocaine, heroin. So, affidavits also revealed text messages between Rich and his wife, Sarah, where she was pretty suspicious of Rich's chain of events, like things according to Rich. His own boo? Yeah, his wife. So, on January 15th, she said, quote, tell me the truth, Rich. It's all going to come out. And he replied, it's all crap. I am telling you the truth. There were a few other messages about what Rich was doing and where he was on January 11th. And then Sarah basically said that whatever he was saying wasn't making sense. She said, quote, not adding up. And she said, I want to know what happened to Austin. You are the last person to talk to him. And he replied back, no, his girlfriend was the last. I saw him Monday. And then Sarah said, you texted him Thursday and then he vanished. End quote. (gasps) Which is Call all pretty like out, damning evidence. Like your own wife thinks you're full of crap, or that you're at least capable of being involved in this disappearance. Yeah, and she knows you better than most likely anybody. She should else. know you better than yeah. Yeah. So later, Rich would be arrested on two federal firearm charges. A lot of sources said that they were unrelated, but they weren't really unrelated because they stemmed from his statement about using the gun as collateral. And then they located weapons during their search of his property in connection to Austin. So So during their search of Rich's property. Yeah, so they found guns. So originally the charges were using a gun in relation to drug trafficking and unlawful transportation of a gun. And he entered a plea of not guilty. He was held in jail for a little while before he was released to a drug treatment facility. Eventually the state would strike a deal with him and he would ultimately enter a guilty plea to one charge of being a felon in possession of a firearm with no mention of the other original charges. He is facing a 37-month sentence for that, with credit for time served, and he's being held in jail until his sentencing, which is scheduled for January 8th, 2020. So, it's coming right around the corner. Two months away. Less than two months away now. Yeah. Sometimes I like when our cases are super current, and then sometimes I don't, because when there's no resolution or we're still waiting on, like, a court outcome, that annoys me. But then I also, like feeling like it's going on right now so yeah. but after it's strange but something to watch yeah for sure. that's true and then Keep we can an post updates on facebook which we have been doing so after rich and the state agreed to the deal his wife made a public statement saying quote we are happy to bring this to an end and move forward with our lives we hope the colson case is resolved and the guilty is held accountable end quote that's vague 
And that's the same lady who earlier was like, you're full of crap. This doesn't make sense. You're the last person known to be with this missing man. Like, what the hell, Rich? Yeah. And then she's like, JK, Rich is fine. Everything's cool. I hope you all figure that out. That's very confusing. But, like, it doesn't involve us. Yeah. I mean, maybe she found out some critical information that made her feel comfortable with the idea that he didn't really do anything. Yeah. I mean, or maybe she's, she's inside, just, you know, but maybe she's being just loyal being to a, her man. Yeah, standing by him. Which is dumb. Not always, but like here, dumb. So I guess she just changed her tune in regard to her suspicions about his whereabouts and his involvement, which I get and I don't get. Because I feel like he only looks more suspect as time goes on. Like when she had her suspicions, he didn't look that suspect yet. Like his, the biggest thing was that he was the last person they thought he was with. with but like... After she said that, it's when, like, it snowballed into, like, looking hella guilty, so. So you mean, like, more information came out, like, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the mm-hmm. drugs? I don't know. No, in terms of him and Austin and their whereabouts on the 11th. So I'll tell you. Oh, okay, there's more. Yes. Goody. So about a week after Austin went missing, Dana's trailer was found abandoned, partially loaded with scrap metal, on a back road in Sharon, Vermont. I was going to ask about his trailer. Yeah. It was like 10 or so miles from Dana's house. And Rich's cell phone pinged near that <gasps> location that the trailer was found on January 11th, the day that Austin went missing, that he was allegedly not even with him. But Austin's not even in trailer, town. Not even in town. In a whole other state, allegedly. But Austin's trailer was found there. Austin didn't have a vehicle to haul the trailer. His car was at his dad's. And Rich's cell phone pinged where the trailer was found. <gasps> According to Katie, Austin's girlfriend, the trailer was found in a location where she, Austin, and Rich had all gone hunting together previously. So she knows he's familiar with the yes. area. And she knows he's familiar enough to know that you could abandon a trailer mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Austin's dad said, quote, There was a light dusting of snow on it, so we could tell it had been there for a few days. The detectives did a search of the area there. There are 30 cabins there because it's a summer camp. They went into every cabin and brought dogs, end quote. But... Only the trailer was found there. Not Austin. Not Austin's phone, his wallet, or his car keys. Austin's family and investigators began asking people to thoroughly check their properties as warm weather started approaching and to report any suspicious findings to Vermont State Police. Remember, he went missing in January, so I've never been to Vermont, but I'm assuming there's lots of snow and it's like extra cold. So Dana, Austin's dad, said, now that the snow is melting and area waterways are thawing, people should be vigilant about checking their property. Police say that a number of searches were conducted in the winter and in the spring for Austin, but they were all unsuccessful. Mm. Finally, on May 23, 2018, more than four months after Austin was last seen by his girlfriend Katie, search crews found something in a barn. They were participating in a scheduled search for Austin in the area where he was last seen. That afternoon, they found, quote, what are believed to be human remains, end quote, in the town of Norwich, Vermont. According to Google Maps, Norwich and Royalton are about 18 or 19 miles apart, and it's like about a 20-minute drive down a dirt road to the location where the remains were found. One report said, quote, according to a source familiar with the investigation, Whitcomb did odd jobs on the property where Colson's body was discovered. The source's understanding was that Whitcomb asked the property owner if they had any work he could do for them, and they did. Investigators have not described what the work was, end quote. So he's got a connection to every place that any evidence or any trace of Austin was. Yeah, so his phone was where the trailer, his phone pinged where the trailer was. He had access to and familiarity with the property where the body was found. found. 
Oh, I'd be curious to know, like, if his cell phone ping near that area, too, because that's where... Oh, well, they don't know when it was left there. I have questions. It was later determined through an affidavit filed with the Windsor Superior Court, that's the county that this took place in, that Rich was, at least some point, the caretaker for the property in Norwich, where Austin's body was later discovered. Furthermore, his cell phone also pinged in oh. that area on January 11th. Thanks for... I- it's I was like, like, I, my mind. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to say it yet because I'm going to say it again in two seconds. So I think it's approximately an eight mile distance or so between where the body was located and where the trailer were abandoned. And they were in different towns. So it really is like a bunch of small little towns in yeah. an area. It's just too many coincidences for it to yeah. be, oh, that's just, oh, the you last, weren't anywhere near him. You yeah. were just buying cocaine somewhere else. In a whole other state. But like, it's just too odd for you to have plans to have been with him for your phone to ping at the place the trailer's abandoned, for your phone to ping at the place the body is found, and for the body to also be found at a property that you are the caretaker or were the caretaker of at some point. Yeah. Like, so the alternative story is what? Somebody else yeah, impersonated killed, your life? Clearly killed yeah. Austin and then... Framed you? Like, left breadcrumbs around your all phone, your workplaces like, yeah, and but like, took your phone? And had your phone, yeah. That's too much. Just too many things. Yeah. So on May 26th, the medical examiner's office was able to positively identify the remains as being those of Austin Coulson. His cause of death wasn't released or determined at that time, but later it was ruled a homicide and the cause of death was determined to be a gunshot wound to the head. However, the autopsy revealed that he actually had multiple gunshot wounds. A commenter on Reddit said that in previous searches of the area for Austin, that his hat was found on the same property where his body was eventually located. And they weren't sure why police didn't do a more thorough search earlier of the remainder of the oh. property and save this family four months of wondering since they also found his hat there. So they found his hat there previously yeah. and just never found his hat. And I hadn't read anything about that. So I did a search using specific keywords for Austin's hat being found and came across an article that said, quote, on February 1st, Vermont State Police followed up on a tip about a quote unquote body sighting at 714 Beaver Meadow Road. The affidavit doesn't say where the tip came from, but while on the scene, police found Austin's partially frozen baseball cap near an old dilapidated barn where his remains were later found on May 23rd. So like February 1st, you found his hat there near the barn and then- You don't touch the barn? Almost four months later, like February 1st to May 1st is three months. So February 1st to June 1st is four months. May 23rd, they find his body. So almost four months later, you find his body like- Right, right there. Yeah. A stone's throw away. Oh my gosh, that is exactly what I was what? thinking. That is Why are we crazy. So I don't know. That was... I feel like if I was a police and if I was the team on that, I feel very embarrassed. So. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Okay. The day they found the hat, police also located shell casings, a cigarette butt with Austin's DNA on it, okay. and gloves. It's very clear that they were doing a job on this property and he got murked. Yeah. So police didn't find any human remains during their February search, but they said that they like. It was, they did look in the winter, which was unsuccessful, but I don't understand. I feel like cigarette butts would be a lot harder to find than a body. Yeah. Like, how are cigarette butts not lost in the snow, but, like, Austin is? Yeah. That's a long time, too. I feel like there's a lot of, like, evidence that's probably lost yeah. just because so much time went. They apparently, like, wanted to search sooner, but the snow or the weather was hindering them, so they were waiting till the spring to go back when things had started to thaw. But, but May like, is the summer, right? Well, almost. 
almost there. I think June 21st or something, or June 23rd Texas is technically the summer. But in Texas, it's hella hot in May, so it's the summer. <laughs> so the barn had been referred to as, like, dilapidated or something. And I don't know if maybe, like, snow on it made it more dangerous for them to enter or something. But okay. whatever reason, That's they crazy. wasted a whole lot of time doing a superficial stupid search on February 1st and then coming back on May 23rd May and finding his body. Yeesh. Yeah. I'm sure they feel dumb, so. Yeah. We won't rub it in. <laughs> Just a little bit. One more time. You're dumb. Okay. So <laughs> Too better. Remember how I said that Katie's texts were no longer going through to Austin around 11 a.m.? Mm-hmm. Well, the police investigation determined his phone was powered off around 11.15 that morning. Now, cell phone pings are not an exact science. They're just approximate locations. But Rich's cell phone shows that he was near Austin's father's house approximately between 10.40 a.m. and 11 a.m. So right around the time that Austin stops responding to Katie, he and Rich link up to get the trailer. And then right after, seemingly, he his phone gets turned off. So, like, they pick up the trailer at, like, 1040. His phone gets shut off at 1115. So, like, almost, like, immediately after getting together, he has to pick up a little bit of metal because the trailer was partially loaded and then kill Austin and dispose of him yeah. in, like, a really uh-huh. small window. Yeah. So... Around 3.35 that afternoon, Rich's cell phone pinged near the barn where Austin was found. So we have him at Austin's dad's house at 10.40, and we have him at the barn where Austin was found at 3.35. Yeah. That's enough for me. I feel like it's circumstantial technically, but yeah. still I'm just like, I don't like the guy. Yeah. Our phones are really like tiny trackers that incriminate you, so it's scary. But Stop Googling weird stuff, guys. <laughs> Rich also told police that he changed his phone number and got a new phone just a few days after Austin vanished at the request of his wife because they had had some sort of argument and she was worried that he was falling back into this pattern of drug use. So she like told him he needed to do that. But when they asked Sarah, she never mentioned an argument and said that Rich did not get a new phone, but that he just changed his number because he wanted to distance himself from the drug trade. So like, it's like loose alignment, but not quite. Yeah, well, I mean, why would you lie about that? I feel like... Why would you say you got a new phone if you didn't? Is that, He was trying to explain why it was wiped clean, but really it wasn't wiped yeah. clean because it was the same phone. This, this yeah. fool. Yeah. So shortly after Austin's body was found, police said they wanted to speak with multiple persons of interest at this time. But now they're only saying that Rich Whitcomb is like the only suspect in Austin's murder. But he still hasn't been charged with anything in relation to it. So... Austin's father is quoted as saying, we believe he is very guilty, which I can see that. Like, yeah. in October of 2008, so, like, that's, what's that, like, five months after Austin's body was found, they did execute some search warrants on Rich and Sarah's property, as well as Sarah's father's house. So, they're next-door neighbors, and the two houses share a driveway. Okay. So, Sarah said the police went there in search of a very specific gun, and they also searched their cars at that time. But that wasn't the first time police had done this. According to documents filed with the Windsor Superior Court, almost a dozen search warrants and affidavits have been filed stating that the authorities had searched Rich's cell phone, his home, and his vehicle in connection to the Austin Colson case. So it's like they know, but there's a difference between what you know and what you can prove. But like he's their only person they're interested in. A dozen mm-hmm. times they've looked for his stuff and... It's because of one of those searches that he ended up getting that federal firearm charge. Right. Because they found guns in his home. Uh, and he's admitted to having guns. Yeah. Yeah, he told him he used it in a drug deal. Yeah. Uh, 
gosh. Like, why are you? I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know any criminal who would volunteer information unnecessarily like that. Yeah, unless there was something worse that they were trying to get out of. Yeah, and I guess, I guess a thirty-seven month drug. Or, I mean, thirty-seven month firearm charge is a lot better than like a life and murder. murder, murder charge. Yeah. Gosh, I was. I, I feel like if they haven't like pinned it on him or like arrested him. That makes me sad because I want like I want to know that they have like I don't know like the steering wheel of the trailer or like something. something. Or, well, the trailer is no, just, just a, yeah. you just hitch it to yeah. it, but like something. But like something like whatever that Touch device DNA. is. Yeah, there's got to be something, something there. Latent prints, I don't know. So in October of 2018, Rich was also facing a felony in another unrelated case for fraud. That charge alleged that he cashed a $3,000 check to build a deck for some guy and that he never actually did the work, but he took his money. Yeah. And Which makes sense. He's a drug user. Use allegedly. That. Well, he did offer to go or like want to go to a drug treatment facility so i think he's admitted that he's been on drugs and anyway he pled not guilty to that fraud charge and i have no idea what the outcome was of that but this is like a pattern of unsavory behavior Mm. so like not that if you do one thing wrong that you also murdered somebody but your credibility looks shot when at the same time this is going on there's other crimes being committed like simultaneously yeah so i honestly have no idea why more hasn't been done on this case. The family has said that they are relieved that Rich is off the streets presently because of the gun charge, but they know that that won't be forever. And I don't really know what more the police need. Well, I mean, I do know that they need like a murder weapon, but charges have been brought with less and convictions have been made with less. Mm. So at this point, it looks so much like a slam dunk to me because it's known that the pair had plans that day. His cell phone pings near Austin's dad's house where they pick up the trailer. It pings near the barn where the body was found. And he also used to be a caretaker of that barn. His alibi was total baloney because he asked somebody to tell him that they were together and, like, lie. And that friend is like, yeah, he asked me to lie. I wouldn't do it. He said he was in a whole other state. But his cell phone data says that that's not true. And his phone was pretty much wiped clean except for two really damning searches about – like gunshot residue and wiping out phones. And so I don't really know why they feel like they have to wait on locating the murder weapon because I'm not a lawyer or anything, but to me, they just don't like, it looks to me like he killed him. So like, why are you dragging your feet? Yeah. I just wonder if like nowadays the, the bar set really high for like beyond a reasonable doubt. Like I need, well, yeah. yeah. And then we know about cases of people that obviously, but like, I don't, I feel like this is beyond a reasonable doubt. So don't put me on a jury, I guess, because I would be like, <laughs> like guilty. But like Linda Skeek, so we did that episode. It's like episode thirty, I think. And he got he went to trial with no body, even. You're right, and they haven't even taken the trial. They yeah, haven't they haven't done. Anything. They have not done anything. Yeah, I wonder if that's like the same strategy of like we've talked about it before too, like, like not wanting to bring somebody to like, trial in case like they get more evidence. Yeah, like Sky's mom in an episode we just did earlier this month. They didn't ever charge her with anything in case they found him later. They wanted to be able to have, like, more options. Yeah, but, but to like, me, they have the body. They here. have the body. They so have they all of this murder. cell phone science. Yeah. So, like, what are you doing? Why are you not doing it? Like, what you're supposed to be doing. Homeboy's just chilling. Austin's girlfriend, Katie, naturally is frustrated with the lack of progress in the case. Mm-hmm. She said, quote, there's not a second that goes by that I don't think about him. We had a future completely planned out, and it's completely gone. And I can't move on. I can't move forward. I can't do anything. End quote. And I don't know why. I can't move forward, and this isn't my fiancé that I lost. It's like, yeah. 
I don't know what to do because I don't know why you're not doing it. Like, yeah, it's just a, I don't know. It's a, a lot of questions. So, all right, Vermont, you you you've been added to the list. Yeah, I mean you're bad still cops. like <laughs> you're not as bad as Texas. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've made some we've had some hiccups. Yeah. <laughs> In, or Las Vegas. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just kidding. Never mind. Las Vegas wins <laughs> that on worst cops ever. Mm, I don't know. Canadian, Texas. Mm. It's a tie. <laughs> In less than two months, it will be the two-year anniversary of the date that Austin Colson was last seen. Mm. And no arrests have been made in connection to this homicide. And technically, the case remains unsolved. If you have any information about Austin Colson's murder, please call the Vermont State Police at 802 802- Two three four nine nine three three. Thank you for listening to Sideline Sleuths. If you have any comments or questions about this case or just feedback about the show in general, you can find us online at facebook.com slash sideline sleuths. And if you haven't already had the chance, please rate and review the show on iTunes, Facebook, or any social media or streaming platforms available.